everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Husky Talk. We are we are your hosts, Brooke Posh and Kennedy Dimbeston. We are here today with a very special guest, the very first female to win the Iditarod. Please welcome Libby Riddles to the show. Hi, Libby. Hi. So who's this? Brooke. Brooke, and you've got a friend with you? Yeah. I'm Kennedy. And it's Kennedy, is that right? Yeah. So um, I don't even, what town and state are you guys in, and how old are you, and tell me that first date. Comanche, Iowa, and we're both 13. Are you 13? No, yeah. But I'm 13. She's 12. So what on grade is that like? Seventh. And we're on located on the Mississippi River. Oh, nice. Yeah, I used to live up in La Crosse on the Mississippi. Oh, that, that's cool. How are you today? I'm doing good. And think two, two more weeks of days getting shorter <laughs> oh, in Alaska. <laughs> Oh, yay. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on our show. Yeah, you're welcome. Our first segment of the show is titled, Who Inspires You? During this segment, could you tell us who or what inspired you to get involved in the Iditarod? Well, it's kind of a long story, but it's mostly just, um, you know, having ever since I was a kid really liked being outside in the wilderness and liked uh, being around animals and having a natural knack with animals and kind of just making a life around my instincts of the things that I liked and was good about led to the Iditarod. Oh, cool. Um, okay, so we asked that question to all of our guests. Many of the women yeah. we have interviewed have said they are inspired by you. Yeah, no, that's nice. And there were ladies that inspired me too, so it's all kind of like being a link in the chain, you know? Yeah. Okay, so we are going... Tough ladies up here in Alaska. It's a hard uh, thing to stand up to, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we are going to move on to some questions and answers. Alrighty. So, a little background for our listeners. Libby made history in 1985 by becoming the first woman to win that famous Iditarod sled dog race. How many years have you raced Iditarod before you won? I raced it, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I won it on my third try. But um, it was kind of a deal where I started out with older, experienced dogs on my first two Iditarods, and then I knew what kind of puppies I wanted to raise, so I started raising my own dogs and then kind of regrouped for a couple of years, and then when I came back to the Iditarod, I nailed it, basically. Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, more to the story than that, but that's the super short version. <laughs> Was there any other female contestants that raced with you, or were you the only woman to enter during that race in 1985? Oh, no. I think there were at least a dozen ladies racing, and part of what made my story so good is that everybody thought that Susan Butcher would be the first most likely woman to win it, and (laughs) she got knocked out of the race early because the moose stomped her team, and there was a gal from France who got uh, knocked off her sled by a moose, and that moose stood over her, snorting for 20 minutes without stomping her, and then took off. So, yeah, no, there were some tough ladies out there for sure. Oh, wow. Those mooses are strong. Okay. Um, was it difficult being a woman competing in a sport that had been dominated by men? Like, did people give you a hard time for being a woman? If they did, it didn't bother me. <laughs> I just did it because 
I wanted to do it, and I just tried not to really worry about that stuff too much. But um, but uh, my friends would make fun of me for being an Iditarod musher, but I still have to have mascara sometimes, you know, because I'm a girl, right? So. Yeah. Can you describe to us a little bit about the race the year you won? Oh, it's different every year, but that was a really stormy Iditarod. Uh, part of the problem with the moose is the snow was so deep, you couldn't even begin to park your dogs off the trail without snowshoes on or you'd sink up to your earlobes. <laughs> and then um, they had some problems with the race, with the storms stopping the pilots from taking our food to checkpoints ahead of us, so it stopped the race a little bit, and then... Um, we had a real knockdown, drag out, uh, ground storm blizzard up towards the end of the race. But um, that was kind of my specialty because I was living in an Eskimo village up north of Nome, and on the stormiest days of the winter, I'd go take my Iditarod team out storm training, you know, just for that reason. So a lot of mushers and a lot of dogs kind of can't handle that pressure of, you know, going through a whiteout like that, but my dogs were yeah. raised in that kind of conditions and they were just made for it, you know? Yeah. After you won, what was the media like? Did any big-time publishing companies enter you for their articles? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Vogue Magazine, Time, Newsweek, 14 pages in Sports Illustrated... You know, NFL films came up. I mean, I got flown to New York City to the Plaza Hotel to mm. receive an award. You know, um, I had to learn how to do television commercials and stuff like that. But there was some great opportunities. And, of course, I've just met amazing people. And, you know, it led to uh, sponsorships to travel down to the Midwest and over to the Alps in Europe to race and and um, yeah no it's been amazing but you know a person has to pick and choose what they do when they do win or succeed too a little bit you know mm -hmm. I don't want my life to change too much yeah do you think your victory changed the I did around I think so yeah yep uh, especially from the feedback I get then um the guy who's basically responsible for starting it, Joe Reddington, I mean, he thought my win was the best thing ever because he couldn't buy publicity like that for the race or this 28-year-old <laughs> blonde gal is beating all these big, tough Alaska guys, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty good story. And plus, you know, I was racing against a lot of big sponsor teams and I was living on $5,000 a year in a native village of 300 people, and we mostly caught our own food off the land, you know? So, oh. yeah, that's, kind of a combination of things. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, oh. it's, it's been pretty amazing, and I still have uh, 20 dogs out here and just run dogs for fun now. Yeah. Many young girls see you as a positive female role model. Can you explain your thoughts on this and if you strive to be a positive role model? Oh, I think anybody that's, anybody, I mean, everybody should try to be a good role model to the people around them. So I'm just really blessed, I think, that, you know, what I did was a good example for, for you know, I mean, it's not just women, but, you know, guys and boys have liked the story as well, too, you know. It's, um, 
you know, a, a story of people that love being out in the wilderness and, and uh, love their animals and um, try to do things right, you know, and sometimes it all works out. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's an amazing feeling that really humbles me, really, to, um, you know, here's get letters from people even still all these years later and things like that you know it's, it's it's pretty cool yeah if you could change one thing about how you raced or trained what would it be uh, I don't think I really could because I think I always did the best I can and I think it uh, like with anything else your knowledge evolves over time and you have to kind of earn that so you know, sometimes I wish I didn't have to maybe learn things the hard way, but almost everybody kind of does. So I don't really think there's anything I would change. What do you think about the number of females involved in the Iditarod today, especially since many of them are inspired by you? Well, I don't know. I mean, some of them don't even know who I am these days, and that's <laughs> fine too because I think it's, to me, when I won it, it was like, you know, what's the big deal? I'm a lady, so yeah, ladies are tough. What's the big deal with that? So I I think it's great because, you know, it's actually part of the reason this sport is so unique is that, um, you know, there's a lot of things involved in this sport. It's more than just like, you know, if you get yourself ready for a marathon, that's pretty tough already, you know, like just how do you train, what do you eat? When you have to do that for a bunch of dogs and figure out how to, you know, bring in enough money to do it and, you know, all these other things, I mean, there really is a lot more to it in a lot of ways, you know, if that makes sense. What advice would you give to young females interested in getting involved in the sport? Um, make sure you uh, are really dedicated to it and... Um, you know, um, I guess what I was going to finish my thought with before this, let me let me just back up here before, before we do this, okay, because I didn't quite finish my thought before, is I was going to say about the Iditarod is that it's something that takes, like, both men and women are good at it because there's some really hard physical skills, but there's also, like, a lot of logistic and planning skills and things like that, you know? Um, you know, on the raising money and dealing with the dogs. and Anyway, so just to finish that thought. And then whenever I give advice, like, you know, it's such a big commitment whenever you have animals that um, I think if somebody wants to get into this, the best way to do it, and plus because it's so expensive, is, you know, to work with a musher and make sure that this is the lifestyle commitment that you want to have, you know. And then... Um, you know, if you're interested in doing it down the line, start reading about dogs. Read about dog training and dog behavior and nutrition and, you know, mushing books and books about the races and, you know, vet stuff and genetics and, you know, read up about it and study it so you know what you're doing a little bit once you do get started in it. Are you still involved with dog sledding in the Iditarod? Yeah, like I said, I haven't raced for a long time, but I have just my pack of 20 dogs, and we just run for fun, and I do stay involved a little bit with the Iditarod, like I've done um, statewide television coverage of the start of the Iditarod the last couple of years, and sometimes I go up to Nome for the finish, and um, yeah, so when I have to do the TV coverage, and I have to kind of study a little bit and make sure I know who all the new mushers are, and find out what everybody, uh, what their placing has been in the preseason races and 
things like that, kind of know the news. So that keeps me involved. Yeah, cool. Our final yeah, se- thank you. <laughs> Our final segment of the show is called Bye. Musher Mount Rushmore. You know Mount Rushmore, right? Yeah. If you were asked to replace the four president faces on Mount Rushmore, two faces of the Iditarod that have made a huge impact on the race, who would you include? You can pick mushers, dogs, volunteers, or whatever you want. On a side note, several people we have interviewed have included you on their Mount Rushmore. That's pretty cool. Um, Knowing me, I would do four dogs. And it might take me a little while to pick which ones, though. Of course, one of them would probably have to be mine. But um, I don't think in a way it really matters to me. It would just be really cool to have a monument uh, to the working dogs, you know, that kind of just um, uh, honors our partnership with dogs who used to be wolves, who decided to be friends with us and help us out. And it's really one of the most amazing partnerships ever. And I I really do feel blessed to just have this life with all these great dogs. So, yeah, I would probably put uh, four nice-looking huskies up there. (laughs) Me too. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Do you have anything? Somebody, somebody like Leonard Seppla who kind of helped start get the breed going up here and then a native musher, or I don't know. That's <laughs> my thought. Do you have anything you would like to add to the interview? Um, I don't know. I mean, um, I think it's part of my success, I think, with the sport and my life, I think, has been... Um, kind of always keeping the door open to where you're going to evolve a little bit. And I couldn't have foreseen at the start that I was going to evolve to work in tourism. But um, it's a pretty neat thing. You know, I see like thousands of tourists every summer that come up to Alaska and I get to kind of educate them to what our sport's about. And I like how the whole thing has helped me develop as a person and develop other skills and having written books about my stories, like a lot of people have cool stories, but if you don't write it and get your story out there, how are people going to know about it? So, Mm -hmm. you know, I like having that connection and um, books are an important part of my life. So I really like promoting that and the idea of reading and, um, you know, of course, also just this great connection that we have with our animals. So Mm -hmm. that's to me the best part. And I think that's the part where so many people can relate to what we do because of their own connection with their animals. Thank you so much, Libby, for talking with us today. Well, thank you. I was going to ask, do you know, Deed, or do you have dogs or do sports or anything? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a well, Shih Tzu uh, named Jonas. A <laughs> <laughs> little guy. Yeah. Uh, and that uh, was, was that Brooke? Yeah. And Kennedy, do you have a dog? Yeah, I have four dogs. Hey, there, that's enough to dog mush with. <laughs> what kind, what, but they're probably like all little poodles, no? No, I have two great names and then a golden doodle and a labradoodle. No kidding, huh? <laughs> no. My, my neighbors uh, rescued a great Dane that was trying to be up in Nome, which, you know, they don't have much coat to them, and they needed to get that dog to a warmer place. But, God, I had that dog come up to me. I thought it was a moose a couple times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're neat. Well, good luck with this, and nice chatting with you girls. And, um, yeah, follow the Iditarod this year. Do you guys know about the junior Iditarod the week before the Iditarod, too? Yeah. 
I've I think we heard about it when researching you, but yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. like so a week before the Iditarod, uh, it's kids. Uh, I think it's fourteen to seventeen, mm-hmm. and they run like a hundred fifty miles with ten dogs. And there's usually more girls racing it than boys anymore. <laughs> so it's on the internet. You can just uh, search it, junioriditarod.com. I think it is probably anyway. And it'll be like in late February. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank okay, you. well, thanks and have a good winter. Special thanks to Libby Riddles for joining us on our show. Credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, The Iditarod.